0: The Seahawks will continue their preseason with their second contest against the Chicago Bears on Thursday night. What's new with the Bears? Rob Rang and I are going to be breaking it down on our latest episode of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked on Seahawks. Joining me for our Wednesday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. The preseason set to continue tomorrow. The Seahawks will host the Bears at Lumen Field. We're going to start preparing for that second exhibition matchup, taking a look at what's new with the Bears. And they've got a disgruntled star player that wants out. Might the Seahawks be a potential suitor that has interest? Rob and I will be investigating that on a jam-packed episode. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. We're midway through training camp, midway through the preseason, and soon the Seahawks will have 53 players on the roster. But at this point, every team's dealing with injuries, and unfortunately, Seattle's got a couple that are noteworthy to keep an eye on now, Rob as we draw closer to that September 12th opener against the Broncos. The most notable one, not even in attendance at practice yesterday, explosive rookie running back Ken Walker III, absent with what Pete Carroll called a hernia issue. And he made it clear they're just hoping he's going to be ready for the opener. So I don't know that we will be seeing any more of Ken Walker III in the preseason. Might miss the rest of training camp. Really unclear where it stands with that injury, but you and I both know that hernia injuries can be tricky and they can cause players to miss extensive time.
1: Yeah, no question about it. I mean, this is the eternally optimistic Pete Carroll saying that he hopes that Ken Walker is going to be available for the regular season opener, Corbin, almost a month away. So obviously, this is huge news, and we, we spent a, a significant amount of time um, you know, talking about the Drew Locke situation yesterday, and that basically kind of just overshadowed what's going on with Seattle's running back. Of course, Rashad Penny has returned to the field for Seattle, and we all remember how dynamic he was a year ago, but still, considering um, how early of a draft pick and all of the expectations um, uh, of Ken Walker III, um, this is troubling news for the Seahawks, and this certainly is Seahawks fans should not be expecting to see Ken Walker uh, running on the ball uh, in in Thursday's game against the Chicago
0: Bears. And I wouldn't anticipate that he's going to be playing in that preseason finale in Dallas either. Based on what Carroll said, they really don't know at this point what a timetable looks like. But if this is a hernia, if he has to have surgery for it, you're probably looking at a month that he is sidelined minimum. So he might not be ready for that September 12th game. Might not even be ready for the second or third game of the season. Some of our listeners may remember when Jadevian Clowney was playing with a hernia injury a few years back. And then he had to quickly have surgery after the season ended. Uh, this is a painful injury. It depends on the severity. And again, he said it's a hernia issue. Maybe it isn't necessarily a hernia, but there are some other injuries that can have similar effects. Maybe it's something that he can just relax and rest for a few weeks and he'll feel good. But typically, this is something that needs to be addressed with surgery. So we may find out more here in the coming days, but wasn't on the practice field on Tuesday. And that's certainly big news for the Seahawks because of Rashad Penny's durability history Not having him available at the start of the season would be a damper on their backfield. It would open the door, though, for DJ Dallas to get more opportunities. And he's certainly been impressive in training camp. Played really well in that preseason opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A few other injuries of note. Obviously, with KW3 out, that's the big news. But Dwayne Eskridge still sidelined. And Pete Carroll made it clear he's not going to be able to play on Thursday night. He is gradually ramping up his activity. I can tell you from being at practice yesterday that he was doing some running Routes on air during practice. So he is making baby steps, but still, it's frustrating for the coaches. It's frustrating for the team that they can't seem to get him over the hump, but they're not going to throw him out there until he's 100% ready and the team doctors have cleared him. They have not reached that point. So no Eskridge in this game. And cornerbacks, Artie Burns and John Reed, both sideline Tuesday with groin injuries. They're not going to be ready to go by Thursday. You have to wonder in the case of Burns whether he's going to be ready for the preseason finale or even week one because these groin injuries can be pretty tricky to deal with as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. The same kind of thing we talked about with Kevin Walker. Uh, You know, anytime you have an athlete who is, you know, primary function of their job on the football field is change of direction and quick twitch kind of movements like cornerback, like running back, uh, then then the groin, those abdomen, uh, abdominal muscles are are always stressed. And and so you have to get them right. It's one of the reasons why we have waited as long as we have, even though it's a different injury with with D. Eskridge, and this is a finely tuned athlete. And, And so you have to make sure that he is right before you kind of unleash him uh, on defenses. Uh, It is discouraging, again, that D. Eskridge is not ready to play in this preseason game. But it sounds like things are trending the right way. And I think that Seahawks fans and, and the Seahawks themselves will be much happier with D. Eskridge once he is able to get onto the field. We've only seen flashes, but this is such a dynamic athlete, and he is absolutely guaranteed to only get single coverage, and so I do think that he or somebody like him will be in a position to splash as Seattle's number three wide receiver and jet sweep kind of a guy just because of the way that he fits into the offense, and and the fact that you obviously have a different quarterback situation here um, that is not likely to be going for the deep ball quite as often as Russell Wilson did previously
0: couple other injuries of note from Tuesday. Jake Kurhan sat out with back spasms. That sounds like a day-to-day proposition. He might even be out there for the walkthrough today. Could play on Thursday. Pete Carroll did not comment on his status for the matchup against the Bears. And they were also without safety Ryan Neal, who's now missed two weeks with a high ankle sprain. The good news is he's out of his walking boot, so that may be a positive sign of progress for the veteran safety. Maybe he'll be back on the field before the end of training camp It also could be one of those situations Seattle just plays it safe and waits till the start of the regular season and hopes to get him back at minimum, going to be a valuable special teams player for him. Could see some snaps on defense as well. Positive injury update. Sidney Jones was back out there yesterday, practicing after missing a week with a concussion. Looks to me like he's got a chance to play. Now who knows how much he's going to play in a preseason game with him being an expected starter for the Seahawks, but I would anticipate he's going to get some snaps against the Bears, On Thursday night and Jordan Brooks didn't participate in team drills yesterday, but he was in his helmet and uniform participated in team individual drills. So he was out there running around a little bit. That's a positive sign as he works his way back from a hamstring injury. I doubt we're going to see him at all on Thursday night, but looks like a good omen for him to maybe play some snaps in the preseason finale. If the Seahawks want him to certainly should be ready to go when they play the Broncos on September 12th. So that's really big news for Seattle's defense.
1: It certainly is. I mean, we, we saw some of the rookie growing pains in that, in that first preseason game uh, by Seattle's corners, uh, Tariq Wolin and Kobe Bryant, of course. So getting Sidney Jones back, um, it, it would be a, a, a huge step. I don't know that I necessarily expect to see him. If, if he does play much against Chicago, then, uh, you know, I, I understand because you want to get him back onto the field. Uh, but at the same time, he feels like he is about as safe as it gets uh, at the cornerback position. And you mentioned Jake Curran. So just really quickly, since I didn't get an opportunity to say anything uh, as far as offensive takeaways from the game, just really impressed by Jake Curran's ability to slide inside that right guard position. I think it just kind of solidifies his spot on this roster as one of the most versatile offensive linemen. Um, and, you know, you saw some of the big plays like the bow melt and things like that. Jake Curran is the, the first offensive lineman down the field, he was 30, 40 yards downfield still blocking that's the kind of stuff that might give you a back spasm every now and then and so w- wouldn't be surprised at all if Seattle is basically just kind of giving him that Veterans day off even though he's only a second year pro uh, I think that that Jake Kerhan has very much uh, established himself as, as someone to watch in Seattle's
0: uh,
1: first Seattle up front
0: hopefully Seattle can get out of this second preseason game without any more injuries cropping up they did lose Cody Thompson for the season in Saturday's preseason opener with a shoulder injury so he's done for the year hopefully they won't have any injuries like that coming out of a preseason game you want to stay as healthy as possible going into the regular season but it looks like most of the guys right now that are injured are pretty mild injuries and should have a chance to make it back for the season opener the one that's looming over their heads right now the status of ken walker the third we'll have to see what happens on that front as he deals with a hernia related issue up next The Seahawks are going to be facing the Bears on Thursday night. There will be one star that is not going to be in uniform for the Bears. In fact, he's trying to get into another uniform altogether, demanding a trade. Could the Seahawks make a move for Roquan Smith and bolster the middle of their defense? Rob and I are going to be breaking it down coming up next in the second quarter. It's almost the start of the NFL season. I love this time of year. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. That's why I highly recommend the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app for the most trusted name in sports stats. This app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and Elias insights from the Elias Sports Bureau's research team. This app really is your one-stop source for player news, league-validated player stats, and team records, expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy team, impressing friends. It's perfect for the preseason. You get player previews to help you draft a winning fantasy team and team previews. So you know what to expect as the regular season kicks off. Here's what I love about the app. You can see the key injuries that have the biggest impact on the outcome of a game. I can follow my favorite teams and players. I can quickly access all news and updates for those players and teams. And the app clearly labels betting options. It's super easy to use. Take my advice, download the Elias game plan app today. New features are coming available all the time, so take your game to the next level. NFL season is right around the corner, so don't wait. Find Elias Plan in the App Store or Play Store today. You're listening to the Locked on Seahawks podcast, Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's show, Rob Rank. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Seattle will host its home opener in the preseason at Lumen Field, hosting the Bears on Thursday night. One player they won't be facing, and maybe he wouldn't have played anyway if he wasn't demanding a trade, but Roquan Smith will not be in uniform for the Chicago Bears. Two-time All-Pro selection, just 25 years old, a week and a half ago, posted something on social media indicating that he had demanded a trade from the Chicago Bears, has not been able to reach a long-term agreement with the organization. He's been frustrated by the offers that have been made to him, feels like they're lowballing him. Rob, one of the reports that's out there is they're trying to backload his salary at the end of the contract and potentially position him to not earn that money. The Bears could move on, and so he has not been happy with the offers that have been thrown at him. A pretty soft-spoken guy, so for him to come out and publicly make the statement that he did, it seems like a divorce is imminent on that front. Now the question is, where is Roquan Smith going to be playing? And without Bobby Wagner in Seattle, you know, maybe the Seahawks might be a team that's worth monitoring here. You know, that John Schneider is willing to swing a big bat when it comes to trading for standout defensive players.
1: He certainly is. Uh, And there's some history here. I mean, uh, you know, the, the Chicago Bears have a new general manager in Ryan Pohl, and, and Ryan Pohl was previously the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, Seattle and Kansas City have have swung several big deals in the past on draft day, uh, the Frank Clark uh, situation, all of those different things. And and that history is something to keep in mind. You talked about the 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 linebacker depth in Seattle. I mean, once you get past Jordan Brooks, I mean, that is one steep drop-off with all due respect to, to Cody Barton, to – Iggy and, uh, you know, Vi Jones as we talked about, you know, Seattle's linebackers are a position of concern and Roquan Smith is absolutely spectacular. I mean, his Buckus Award winner. top 10 selection. um, You know, he's been a Pro Bowl or or receiving some all-pro votes over his early NFL career. As you said, he's only 25 years old. Uh, I I think if you match up Jordan Brooks and Roquan Smith, oh my goodness, what a linebacker core that is. Uh, He does have experience in the 3-4 as well as the 4-3. Sean the experience experience, uh, you know, in Chicago as well, um, been a very durable player. Uh, so th- there's so many different reasons to be excited about the possibility of adding any type of player, the caliber of a Roquan Smith for any club, and then specifically for the Seahawks, I talked about with the, the depth at linebacker, depth concerns at linebacker, w- with Seattle choosing to cut ties with Russell Wilson. And no longer having the salary cap limitations because of all the money going to Wilson, going to Bobby Wagner. Seattle's actually one of the few clubs that has the salary cap uh, space to be able to actually pull off a move like this. And that's one of the things that John Schneider is, of course, known for is going for that wild card, that home run kind of a move. Um, As I mentioned before, Ryan Poles, brand new general manager. Uh, Iberflus, the the head coach in Chicago, brand new head coach there. So you you have an opportunity here to trade for a player that neither the head coach nor the general manager really, uh, you know, were in the building when they brought him in. And that is a whole bigger conversation about Chicago's decision. Seattle's done this, of course, as well, deciding to use a premium draft pick in a non-premium position. And it breaks my heart to say that linebacker is not a premium position. I mean, it's the you know it's the epitome of football in my mind, especially in Chicago. We think about the Dick Buckuses, the Michael Singletaries, Brian Erlacher's, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, once Chicago and their former head coach and general manager decide to make that move then what were they expecting? Either the player is going to be a bust and you get grilled and fired as they wound up doing, or he wants to become a superstar and then you have to pay him. And when you're going to pay that kind of money to a middle linebacker, that's going to skew your your salary cap. And and so the Bears really are in a difficult position, similar to the Cleveland Browns when they had Baker Mayfield, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. And so I do think that some of the savvier, some of the safer general managers. And I certainly think that that John Schneider is in that, that boat. Uh, I think that they are in a position to kind of mess with Chicago a little bit and see if they might be able to get a superstar player basically for nickels on the dollar. So I do think this is going to be something that Seattle will consider. Uh, now we started talking about how much it's going to cost. That's a whole different conversation, but as we discussed, Seattle has multiple uh, selections, early selections next year. And so that does give them a little bit more flexibility. So I do think this is a story worth watching for the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, let's talk pros real quick. And you've already thrown a few of them out there as far as the relationship between Ryan Poles and John Schneider, dating back to Poles being on Kansas City's front office. And they've certainly made some moves together. But on the field, can you imagine Jordan Brooks playing next to Roquan Smith as your two middle linebackers in a 3-4 defense? You're talking about two elite athletes at the position, tackling machines, Roquan Smith's had over 100 tackles in all four of his NFL seasons. And the other thing that he brings, he is one of the best blitzing middle linebackers in the NFL. He has 14 sacks in the last four years for the Chicago Bears. So this is a guy that can be a real problem for quarterbacks as a blitzer. He's an excellent run diagnoser. Really, he's just a fantastic football player. Back-to-back, second-team all-pro selection, really athletic When he was coming out of Georgia, and I remember we were talking in the pre-draft process, this is a guy that looked a lot like Bobby Wagner coming out of Georgia. And so you know Bobby Wagner, how successful he was here. It seems like, regardless of the scheme change, this is a guy that is scheme independent. He can play in a 3-4. He can play in a 4-3. Roquan Smith is just a stud. You put him next to Jordan Brooks in the middle. I know it's not considered a premium position, but the Seahawks have paid Linebacker, like a premium position. It's an important position in their defense. Pete Carroll would be jumping to get both those guys playing next to each other and just the athleticism that they would be adding to this defense. You also have the Sean Desai factor to consider here, too. Sean Desai is the associate head coach and he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears last year. He's been on the Bears staff throughout Roquan Smith's career. So he knows Smith very well, what he's capable of. And you can't tell me that Sean Desai wouldn't be coming to John Schneider or Pete Carroll and being like, look, if he's out there and we can get him for a decent price, not have to give up a super high draft pick, this is a player that is worth swinging for the fences on, bring him in. And if this is a team that's going to contend this year, Rob, it's going to have to be with a strong defense to compensate for not having Russell Wilson. So why not go all in? The guy's only 25 years old. To, to me, this is not a Jamal Adams type situation either. You just mentioned it. Ryan Poules doesn't have much leverage to work with here. It's training camp. Teams aren't going to be jumping out and throwing multiple first round picks at you for a middle linebacker, even with his talent and age. You might be able to throw in a player like Cody Barton or a D. Eskridge if he's healthy and maybe a third-round pick, and you might be able to make a move here because the Bears' hands are tied, and if Roquan Smith is not going to play for them under his current contract or sign an extension, at some point you are going to have to make a move if you're Chicago, especially with them being in rebuild mode. So I don't know that you could get him that cheap, but I don't think you'd have to give him a first-rounder for him either. So there's a lot of things that are lining up that make sense for Seattle to strongly consider making a push for this trade.
1: There, there certainly are, um, you know, and, and again, just the the, the wow factor uh, of adding a player of this caliber. And I would agree with you. I, I think that there is a scenario. Where, I mean, Roquan Smith is a, is a player is worth a first round pick. No question about it. At the same time, Roquan Smith and the contract, the potential headache uh, of getting that contract, and acclimating him to a a new defense, which in Seattle, again, wouldn't be as new of a defense as maybe uh, most other cities. Uh, But at the same time, that's the concern. Um, And, uh, you know, can you the linebackers typically drop off a cliff? Uh, when it comes to just their their overall production. And while he is only 25, he might be considered a, a relatively old 25, just considering the rigors of not only playing in one of the most physical divisions in, in the NFL um, over his brief NFL career so far in uh, w- with the, the Bears, but also in the SEC, of course. And so you have those types of concerns. You just aren't going to know him quite as well as you might with a, with a rookie. That said, with, with Seattle having the multiple first-round picks, multiple second-round picks, I do think that there's a possibility that you might be able to swing some type of a deal where you are trading away a draft pick to a general manager that wants to have them and didn't have a first round pick this year because, of course, the Bears made the aggressive move for Justin Fields two years ago in the draft. And, and so I think that might be something that, that Polls is very much looking forward to is the possibility of having those, you know, a little bit more flexibility on draft day than he had this past draft. So again, the, the fact is that the John Schneider and polls are going to be basically seeing each other eye to eye uh, in, in Seattle, in just a couple of days and knowing what a negotiator that that Schneider is. I, I do think again, that there, there is a reason to kind of keep this story uh, in, in mind. Seattle has a, a bigger concerns, you know, quarterback being the biggest one of them. But if you were able to swing a deal and not give up those two first round picks, we don't know where how Seattle is going to finish. Don't know how Denver is going to finish next year. Those could theoretically be very high or very, very low first round picks. I don't know that you want to make that type of a trade, but for a day two selection and a player, uh, then I think that that's a possibility.
0: Yeah. I think if you can get him for a second round pick or a third round pick with a player attached to it, maybe even two players attached to it. if, If you're John Schneider, you absolutely have to be considering pulling the trigger because you put him out there with Jordan Brooks in the middle of that defense behind the defensive line that they have, Those two guys are going to be racking up tackles in bunches. And this is a player that can be a weapon as a blitzer, help your pass rush. You can have Jamal Adams playing next to him occasionally, too. I mean, there's so much that you could do if you're Clint Hurt. The mad scientist has to be just rolling, you know, just thinking about the possibilities there. But the one thing I will say that I think makes this a probably improbable situation to develop, you have Jordan Brooks going into season three. He's only a year away from being able to negotiate his own contract. You have to believe Seattle's going to be paying him good money. And I think he's got a chance to be an all pro caliber player. If he takes that jump here in year three, the Seahawks are going to have to pay him. It's hard to believe that they would pay both Jordan Brooks and Roquan Smith. And you're not going to be trading for a one-year rental on Roquan Smith. You're just not going to be doing that. So, I think keeping that in mind, the chances of this deal actually taking place are fairly slim. At the same time, we've seen John Schneider roll the dice before, and Roquan Smith is a fantastic football player. He's only 25, would be a good scheme fit, brings the athleticism and playmaking ability that they crave to the middle of the defense. It would be really fun to see him and Jordan Brooks together. I don't know that it's going to happen, but certainly the Seahawks might be one of those teams to keep on the peripheral if the Bears are truly going to be moving Roquan Smith. And that'll be a story to continue monitoring here as we head closer to the start of the regular season. What's new with the Bears? We're going to be checking that out here in a moment with key additions, key losses, obviously some big changes on the coaching staff, as well as the front office previewing the Bears as we head into Thursday's second preseason game. We'll be right back. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events, the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device and learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for our Wednesday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Ray. Thanks as always for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. And make sure to check out the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast for your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings you over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On fantasy football. The Seahawks will continue their 2022 preseason. They've got a short week coming into Lumen Field on Thursday night to face the Chicago Bears. A new look Chicago Bears across the board made a lot of big changes this offseason, jettisoning a number of established veterans moving on from their head coach, bringing in Matt Eberflus, formerly the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. They've got a new general manager, as we just talked about, in Ryan Poles. So there's a lot that's new in Chicago. Expectations are extremely low, although they do have a young quarterback that they are excited about in Justin Fields going into his second season. Rob, you look at the Bears roster. This is a team that had several established veterans still on the team last year. And they moved on from most of them. Allen Robinson is now in the NFC West playing for the Rams. going to be catching passes from Matthew Stafford this year. See how fans are not excited about that necessarily. You've got Khalil Mack chasing after quarterbacks with Joey Bosa and the Chargers bolstering that front line. And you've also got Tampa Bay signing Akeem Hickson free agency, one of the more underrated defensive tackles in the NFL. All three of those players were on the Bears roster last year, and they are now playing for other teams this is clearly a team in the midst of a major rebuild in the Windy City.
1: Yeah, no question about it. It's like when you, when you were kind of previewing that and you said that um, you know that there's something new in, in Chicago and then you said that the, the low expectations that, that's nothing new in Chicago, unfortunately. and I, no. I say that as uh, the, the proud son-in law of a of a Chicago Bears super fan. Um, you know, but you're right. Corb. I mean, there's just been so much turnover. You know, all those who said that the Seahawks should just blow everything up. They should trade away all their veterans. They should fire Pete Carroll, fire John Schneider, take a peek at the Chicago Bears and, and just kind of see how that what that transition looks like. And there's certainly some reason for optimism in Chicago, not the least of which is the young quarterback, Justin Fields, dynamic talent, but certainly still very raw uh, and something that, that Chicago has to kind of develop around. And you talked about just the basically letting all of those veteran players go. I mean, those are a lot of really good players. And obviously Roquan Smith, as we talked about just a couple of moments ago, could be part of them as well. Uh, James Daniels, Bilal Nichols, Artie Burns. Some of the guys who were some of the best players for the Bears a year ago are now playing elsewhere. And so, yes, I think that Chicago is going to be one of those teams that, at least on paper, looks like one of the least talented, least productive teams in the league. And so I think that this is a really good opportunity um, to see how Seattle matches up against them. Uh, you know, the, the Bears did win their preseason opener against the Kansas City Chiefs, but they went into halftime down 14 zip. Um, and it was the the backup uh, the backups that basically were able to kind of lead Chicago to a, a a narrow victory over Kansas City. So again, I think this is gonna be a fun challenge because I don't expect to see Seattle's or Chicago starters very much in this particular game because it will come off of a short week. Uh you know, obviously Geno Smith, the quarterback may be asked to play that much more with the Drew Lock news yesterday getting him uh being diagnosed with COVID. And again, for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last 24 hours or so. Uh, you know, Drew Locke is not going to be able to play. Um, and so I, I again, I don't necessarily expect to see Chicago's play very many of their starters, but I think it's going to be interesting to see Seattle's number twos and number threes. Number fours, going to get Chicago's number twos, threes and fours, considering how well they played against Kansas City. I'm excited, as always, big surprise as a draft guy, I'm, surprised, I'm excited to see Chicago's young players. And I mentioned Justin Fields, the quarterback, but but some of the, the draft class, I, I call them draft class heroes uh, that, that Chicago has and guys that were selected early, but also have impressed so far the probably the most interesting one to a lot of seahawk fans would be the former university of washington uh cornerback and, and local prep product um, kyler gordon the corner he was chicago's first selection this year second uh, second round number 39 overall dynamic athlete was not able to play against kansas city in their opener so i just think it's awesome that he is going to get his nfl debut albeit in the preseason game, in Seattle. So that's going to be very cool to, to see that. Really, really love the, the safety, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. So just like Seattle having their two corners that they're really excited about uh, and their rookies in, in Kobe Bryant and Tariq Wool, of course, Chicago is likely to be playing their two uh, you know, young defensive backs in Brisker and Kyler Gordon a lot in this football game. And then again, similar to Seattle, Chicago had some turnover along their offensive line They selected a kid, Braxton Jones, out of Southern Utah State Corbett. I had a chance to watch him at the Senior Bowl. He wasn't selected until the fifth round because of all the questions about level of competition, but I was really impressed with his athletic ability, his quickness, and so he is going to be playing that left tackle position. When we get down to tomorrow's show, previewing the game, I really want to see Seattle try and bring the physicality against this young man. He's athletic, but he th- plays a little bit high, and you can bull rush him, and that happens to be Cheninuosu's go-to move. So again, this is a really exciting matchup, I think, in a lot of ways for a preseason game you wouldn't normally show uh, you wouldn't normally be feeling that type of uh, excitement
0: and I think the Bears given where they're at in terms of a rebuild I think they're just now launching of all these veterans that they let go they are in the early stages of this rebuild teams like that are going to be playing a lot of young players early in the regular season and those guys need reps and so I do think that the Seahawks are going to see a lot of players who are going to be either starting or playing snaps as reserves for the Bears in the regular season on Thursday night. Take that for what it's worth, because I think when you look at the talent on Chicago's roster, I think that it is one of the weakest rosters in the NFL, if not the weakest. I think it's in contention with the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons for the most talent dearth rosters in the league. I think they've got a chance to be the number one overall pick. Now, Justin Fields may have something to say about that. If he takes a major step forward, he does have a rising receiver in Darnell Mooney. I don't know that we'll see Mooney at all in this football game. That might be one of the starters who doesn't play at all for the Bears. But I do expect a lot of the young guys that are expected to fill the void with players like Khalil Mack no longer being on the team, Allen Robinson being in L.A., I would expect a lot of those young guys are going to play at least a couple of series in this game. And so you're going to be playing some guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. And that will be a decent test for the Seahawks compared to what they played against in Pittsburgh on Saturday. So overall, I would expect that this is going to be a game where the Seahawks are going to be dealing with a number of players who are going to play extensive snaps this season. And so Take that for what it's worth. Again, I think the Bears' second and third stringers on some teams are probably fourth and fifth stringers just because of the talent level that they have. But there are some young guys on this roster that are exciting. Jaquan Brisker was a player that I loved coming out of Penn State. So he's certainly going to be one I'm going to be watching. Kyler Gordon with his Washington ties. There's going to be a lot of fans that are going to be excited to see him playing, even though it's not a Seahawks uniform, getting to play his first NFL game in the Pacific Northwest. Certainly going to be a storyline to watch as well. On tomorrow's episode, as you just mentioned, we're going to dive more into not necessarily matchups, preseason games. We don't do matchup Wednesday like we do in the regular season, but a chance for us to look at some key storylines. And we'll have a chance to dive into maybe a few individual matchups that are worthwhile. Braxton Jones, as you mentioned, might be somebody that we talk about a little bit more. But certainly we're going to be taking a look at some of the players who have the most to gain in this game for the Seahawks, uh, our key players. And of course, we'll be breaking down some matchups, maybe a little bit of game planning going into the second preseason game. But looking forward to breaking that down as the Seahawks prepare for their second exhibition contest. At Lumen Field. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Check out Locked on Seahawks at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, five days a week on YouTube. As I just mentioned on our Thursday episode, we'll be doing a pregame show. We're also going to have a postgame show. I'll be joined by Nick Lee after tomorrow night's game at Lumen Field. The two of us will be diving into some quick takeaways from the second preseason game and dishing out our big winners and losers from the contest. You won't want to miss either episode, so look for both to drop tomorrow on YouTube and all other major platforms. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks!